0: This is the Accidental Safety Pro brought to you by HSI. This episode was recorded on October 8th, 2020. My name is Jill James, HSI's Chief Safety Officer, and today I'm joined by Yodit. Born and raised in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, Yodit is a 35-year-old educator in sustainability practices. Yodit is currently coordinator of the Environmental Career Worker Training Program at UCLA's Labor Occupational Safety and Health Division. She has a master's degree in urban sustainability and is also an educator providing environmental justice and most recently COVID-19 awareness for essential workers. Yodit also cultivates and develops relationships with organizations and workforce development programs in LA, serving marginalized populations with job readiness training for careers in environmental, construction, and other green industries. She's also a documentarian, having produced Immigrant, a 19-minute short documentary film featuring the perspectives of independent voices based in Southern California. The film provides an intimate look at immigration's narrative in the current United States political culture and sheds new light on understanding migration and displacement as sustainability issue. Yodit is joining us today from Los Angeles. Welcome to the show, Yodit.
1: Thank you, Jill.
0: So I don't think I've ever had anyone on the show who's got a degree in urban sustainability before. And certainly I have never spoken with anyone who works in environmental justice. So I am super interested to hear about both of those things today. But wondering, um, could you start like we do all of our podcasts with all of our guests and (laughs) tell us how did you end up in the career in health and safety uh, with the background that you have, what's your accidental story?
1: Yeah, that's a great um, question. I recently actually had an opportunity to reflect on uh, on that same uh, prompt that you brought up. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I like you mentioned. I have a background in urban sustainability. I went to Antioch University in Los Angeles um, in, um, to get my master's in the in urban sustainability. Um, the program is a brand new program um, nationwide, mm-hmm. I believe. So um, I'm not surprised you haven't met anybody that <laughs> uh, that has um, urban sustainability uh, background or master's program. Um, master's degree. Um, So yeah, I stumbled upon the program kind of accidentally. I really wanted to do my master's degree in kind of public administration, social um, justice type of um, field. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I found out and when I learned more about urban sustainability kind of encompasses a range of Uh, justice issues and um, ecosystems thinking and climate change, kind of like what our life and world is grappling with right now. So I really was interested immediately to like, Okay, this is exactly what I want to know more about and what Mm -hmm. I want to be part of. Because um, the end game for that program is to you know, it's change oriented, social change oriented. So Mm-hmm. This was something that um, really attracted me. Um, so, two years program, you know, towards the end, I've, I've uh, come across a position um, from UCLA Labor Occupational Safety and Health to facilitate and coordinate a worker training program that the mm-hmm. um, National Institute for Environmental Health Sciences, NIHS, a federal, a federal program, <clears throat> um, um, it's a grant program, a worker training program that NHS Mm -hmm. provides. So, uh, when I saw that there were some relevance, um, uh, relevance to, to the program I've studied, but I really, you know, my colleagues in the field have public health background, um, occupational safety and health background. Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of them have industrial hygienist backgrounds, which is very specific to Mm -hmm. the work. um, Me, I come in with a lot of like, you know, broad range of backgrounds. Mm -hmm. So um, it was, um, I have familiarity with the community based organizations that the program supports. um, And I was um, intrigued by that. Um, So Mm -hmm. uh, the rest was a learning um, journey for me uh, on the job learning experience to in terms of you know, the specific the nitty gritty of workforce development program
0: yeah wow and and so at us at ucla in the in the labor occupational safety and health division um what's what's day-to-day life like there when you're doing education like um who's part of the program um what are people learning what is it what is it like
1: yeah um so we we get this grant from nihs and we have a, a uh, consortium, um, we're part of a consortium, a university, Western region's universities consortium that includes University of Washington, Arizona State University and UC Berkeley. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the workforce development program um, is done in two cities and in, in, uh, under the University of uh, I'm sorry, and two programs under the University of Washington and uh, us uh, in Los Angeles. So how we do it is that we work with, um, uh, community-based organizations and workforce development programs and, um, even state agencies that are working or have a a job training program to, Mm -hmm. um, support unemployed and underemployed individuals from marginalized communities. Um, So we essentially um, plug into these programs with our resources of trainers and um, resources of um, um, training that um, will allow these workers to do their jobs safely, Mm -hmm. to know their rights on the work, um, and, you know, be able to go back to their families at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we, we, do, we do support uh, partner organizations uh, that recruit students uh, from marginalized communities by providing mm-hmm. them health and safety training.
0: <laughs> Fascinating. Um,
1: yeah. So, our programs are um, in Los Angeles City, of course, and we have, under the um, University of Washington's supervision, we support programs in Portland and Seattle and um, tribal communities in Alaska.
0: Wow, so quite a wide reach.
1: It is, yeah.
0: Yeah. So you were fi- you were finishing up your urban sustainability um, graduate degree. What did you What did you think was the job that you might get, or was interested in going after? And then you know you came into this. Like, did you ever think safety might be part of your background?
1: No. Uh, Well, yeah, I mean, it's in the title of the organization. Yeah, a little bit. But the the the, uh, position itself was advertised as, you know, my my biggest uh, attraction to it was like, hey, you're going to be able to uh, support people get a good, clean, green union jobs, right? So that Mm -hmm. was like... I could do that. I have Mm -hmm. some staff augmentation background previously, I worked in a construction firm before that. Um, And then you know, the environmental justice piece was an appeal to me, because that was what I was working on in in, uh, grad school. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was like, Yes, okay, so this is uh, my strongest suits, I I can, you know, this is what I can bring to the table. And then um, the safety piece wasn't part of the um, uh, like I can always coordinate the safety trainings, um, kind of like you know, the hazard, uh, hazardous waste training programs mm-hmm. or the um, OSHA certificate programs. I can always coordinate those um, and outsource those to uh, outreach trainers.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then along comes this pandemic. And so how did Yeah, so how did that impact the work that you're doing um, at the, uh, you know, where where you are right now? What what shifted or changed?
1: Yeah, um, the work I'm doing, um, you know, the end goal for the work would be to uh, place the students that um, we've trained in collaboration with the partner organization be able Mm -hmm. to place them on the job so right off the bat um because of all the shutdowns not only we are having you know challenges to placing students to jobs but we've also kind of uh, are facing with students losing their jobs the students that we've already previously placed on construction and environmental career fields so yeah um, it's a I mean, it's a devastation all across uh, across the board. So we are doing our best to support um, our programs, um, you know, above and beyond of what we would normally do. For example, um, we don't want training to stop, so we are, you know, um, we're really trying to be very adaptable and flexible to to switching some of the trainings to virtual um, To the Mm -hmm. virtual world, you know, to online training. So it is challenging, but it's also there's a lot of learning um, Learnings that uh, and and, uh, trials and errors that goes along with that. So we're doing our best to uh, become adaptable to the situation
0: Yeah so your, your work, your work certainly um, hasn't slowed down um, because of the pandemic It sounds like you're probably even more engaged because you have an additional thing to be training people on.
1: Um, well, I wouldn't say it got more easy because. Um, like I said, because we're not able to train, hand, not able to provide hands-on trainings, sure. And some of these uh, safety skills have to have a hands-on components in order to um, provide the training um, thoroughly. Um, we have, uh, we have shut. You know, some of our partners have uh, shut down their doors because there is really nothing they can do about it but we are doing our best to convert some of the trainings to awareness level mm-hmm. um, just for for, um, for, the, for those individuals that would go to essential works right so yeah
0: um,
1: yeah there's uh, yeah there, the ch- there's a challenge with recruitment there's a challenge with placements um, we're just in the middle of those two scenarios trying to, yeah. to do the best that we can.
0: And yeah, and continue to ready the and workforce. Continue. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, I was I was interested to um, learn more about environmental justice, and um, what what that means. You know, what that means in general. Like, what does the what does that mean? How does it impact your work? And you know, where do you see the intersectionality with? Um, with health and safety in the workplace? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, so environmental justice is a, um, is a component of urban sustainability It's one of the three components of urban sustainability. So um, for us to have a sustainable urban living life, uh, we have you know, environmental justice on one hand, but we have social justice and economic justice, right? Okay, so so
0: those are the three, those those, are the three limbs.
1: Exactly. Those are the three pillars of urban sustainability. And they're not separate from one another. They're deeply, deeply um, interrelated with one another. Mm -hmm. Um, So how we how we conduct our economy um, is creating essentially creating a lot of problems for the um, burdens of environmental injustice mm-hmm. and how we view um, society and how we, you know, uh, based on um, race, more, mm-hmm. most specifically and more importantly, and based on class is also um, uh, translates to environmental injustice. Um, so before I go into that, the environment, um, uh, piece of the uh, environmental justice is, is the air we breathe, the soil or the land that we live on and we live off of, um, mm-hmm. and the water, right? So how, how we uh, conduct our economy and how, you know, what race and, and social status we, pre- we pre- preference to mm-hmm. impacts um, these things. Um, so the, the justice part of this is when for example, corporate and business practices that manufacture or produce goods that mm-hmm. emit smoke, leak toxins and chemicals, um, mm-hmm. and when these uh, um, industries are permitted uh, or are unregulated to operate in the backyards of communities of color, mm-hmm. so that's where the justice, you know, piece comes from. Um, so the um, E.J., uh, um, that's short for environmental justice.
0: Uh-huh. Thank
1: you. <laughs> this, okay, so just a little bit of background for for the history of e- environmental justice. and. Yes, um, please. Yeah, yes, please. How, yeah, how... take me to school, Yodid. I'm very
0: fascinated <laughs> to hear about this because I don't know, and I bet much of our audience doesn't either. So please. Take us to yeah. school
1: <laughs> okay thank you so mm-hmm. environmental justice is a movement so it became a movement in in this country um in the late 70s after an incident known as the pcb midnight dumping in north carolina wow. um, so some truck driver was told to take chemicals to uh, pcb chemicals and he decided uh, it was night, it was midnight. So he decided to just dump it off the side of a highway road.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So when the wow. when authorities discovered that um, he went to jail, but um, now they have to deal with like, okay, we can we need to remove this soil, this PCB, this chemicals off the side of the road. And mm-hmm. then like, where should we put it? Right? So immediately, he's like, well, let's just dump it in the neighborhood where African Americans live. Um, So that was in 1978, and it took um, two decades to, and many fights, um, to have that removed out of that neighborhood, to have the soil be cleaned um, and be removed from places where African Americans live. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So from the 70s to the 90s. Um, EJ was a fight. EJ was a movement, um, mm-hmm. and um, it became a kind of like a federal law in in um, in nineteen in the '90s after the first National People of Color Environmental Leadership Summit, which was in in '91. And this is um, this is a, a, a an event that kind of placed environmental justice in the forefront of our societal. Uh, Socioeconomic problems, right?
0: Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, So before that, environmentalism in America was kind of it existed kind of sort of superficially, uh, Mm -hmm. meaning that the main focus of environmentalism was dealing with nature's conservation, wilderness, national parks, and so on. It didn't, yeah. So it didn't Mm. really deal with uh, environment as people where people uh, like a place where people or communities live in right um, um, and and also it was made up of these very elitist group of white men so there was a lack of diversity which kind of is the reason why environmental justice has kind of been put on the blind, like environmental justice as um, as something that affects communities has been Mm -hmm. like, is a blind side for this movement for um, Mm -hmm. environmentalism. Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: um, the summit that was conducted by the first national people of color has changed that Um, it it kind of changed the landscape of uh, and how we think about environmental justice. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Shining a light on on the people that it impacts.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah. And, and, and the economics of that and the, and the, and how it, how it impacts the society as a whole. That's exactly it. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, So globally, um, environmental justice is also a global phenomenon because this is about um, um, discrimination, right? Like, for example, in the U.S., segregation uh, of the 1930s kind of caused pollutions to be segregated as well, because Mm -hmm. you're not going to put manufacturers or industries like oil refineries or um, like the paper mill uh, that they that was placed in in Alabama, for example, in African American communities, you're not going to do that in uh, an affluent white neighborhood. Um, so, because we segregate communities based on color, pollution is also segregated based on color in it. And, and uh, environmental justice um, disproportionately affects uh, black indigenous people of color. But it's also a global phenomenon because we have segregated countries as developing and developed countries. We have mm-hmm. first, first world, second world, third world countries.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so,
1: uh, one of the biggest historical events that created this disparity and wealth gap between, um, the global South and Western countries is colonization, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. now, centuries later, uh, among other devastations of, uh, and impacts of colonizations, it, it had also ensured that first world waste has a dumping site, um, <laughs> So um, our capitalist economy needs consumerism. Uh, we need. To, we must buy, 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 buy. Right? Like
0: mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. you
1: buy a, a nine hundred dollar phone. A year later, you have to throw it away and get a new one. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what the capitalist um, economic. You know, that's how we handle and how we govern our economy. So, where does that go? Where does that one-year-old right. phone? one-year-old television or any like electronic device, where do they go? Right? Mm-hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. uh, what happens is like about 80% of, uh, electronic waste, um, is, you know, shipped put in the container and shipped and just been thrown in the backyards of third world countries like China, Nigeria, mm-hmm. India, um, Vietnam and, and Pakistan. Wow. Um, and so, you know, these electronics have um, chemicals in them they combust spontaneously in the backyards they emit smoke and people are breathing um, these inhalants and these toxins we just don't see faces um, or just don't know those faces of those people that are being impacted Mm -hmm. by this Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so environmental justice is a movement and it's also a branch of a study that deals with all these injustices um that we're grappling with um so i will end um that by saying you know like i said it's it's now recognized as a um um, and there's it's a federal um policies and regulations that involve with environmental justice. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, So since I live in California, when I provide this education, um, I kind of end with, you know, um, okay. So there's a a California statutory definition of environmental justice, and it Mm -hmm. says environmental justice means the fair treatment of people of all races, cultures, Um, and incomes with respect to the development, adoption, implementation, and enforcement of environmental laws, regulations, and policies. So it is the fair treatment of people of all Mm -hmm. races and um, implementations um, of environmental laws, regulations, and policies need to involve people of all races Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's uh, uh, a you know an acknowledgement and, and an awareness to um, these conditions and how we segregate certain environmental injustices
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. thank you for that thank you for that really appreciate it, it his what an interesting history not necessarily surprising um, you know to think about where where we've been and where we are um but sad that it continues and that we have to continue um, to shine a light on this. Right. You know, um, when when we were talking um, prior to our recording and uh, getting to know one another and I was hearing a little bit about a little bit about your background. Um, we were we were talking a bit about the history of labor as it relates to um, environmental justice and I'm wondering if maybe you can share a bit of that with our audience as well when we think about workplace safety and health and you know the history of, 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 of the labor mo- movement in this country.
1: Yeah, um, so there's an interesting history of labor in this country. <sighs> I don't think we can discuss any type of workforce economic activity without discussing slavery, right? Um, Because truly, that is where the timeline begins. The economic production of this country was developed on the backs of um, black people and on the lands of indigenous Americans. Mm -hmm. Um, And labor and union organizing has had several monumental changes since the abolishment of slavery. Um, several campaigns have been fought and seen successes that shaped the labor laws we have today. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, black workers have always been at the center of labor movements in, in this country and that um, they have fought for the right to work and right to be in a union every time. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the aftermath of slavery, 1866, The National Labor Union, for example, declared it would admit um, members regardless of color. But of course, it wasn't the case, right? Because segregation and discrimination was Mm -hmm. very much the norm. Um, And progressive leaders like Frederick Douglass um, brought forward this issue of segregated unionization and discrimination, which, Allowed for the implementation of the American Federation of Labor um, (AFL) for short, mm-hmm. which kind of revived the labor the labor movement by organizing skilled workers. Mm-hmm. However, um, again, you know, despite pledging to be fair to all workers regardless of color, creed, or nationality, uh, by um, eighteen ninety five, like you know, around eight years, maybe. So um, kind of the AFL kind of reversed this position and allowed new affiliates of the unions to prohibit African Americans from joining their ranks. Mm -hmm. So if we look at major historical events taking place simultaneously, um, since then, we have World War One, we have the Great Depression in the 30s. um, Then we have World War Two, um and so everybody was struggling with these crises but um but black people were fighting for the right to be uh treated fairly for the right to be humans also you know on top of that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um then in the 60s um were you know were at the height of the civil rights movement yeah. um and this is when the labor movement began to play a larger role for social justice so the labor movement um, organized forty thousand union members for the march on Washington for jobs mm-hmm. and freedom. Mm. Um, and this is, you know, this is where you can see like the social justice aspect of things. Yeah, it's coming together. Coming together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, you know, union members from United Auto Workers, uh, Amalgamated uh, Meat Cutters and Butcher Workmen. Um, the National Association of Social Workers, the Chicago Teachers Union, the American Newspaper Guild. So these unions um, were like huge backers of the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dr. Martin Luther King himself marched with the sanitation workers, and he supported right. a strike that was organized by the international chemical workers. Mm-hmm. Um so worker right movements are, are movements for social justice and social change, um, and also environment. So because, you know, like um, breathing chemicals, inhaling chemicals, um, workers are part of communities, right? These um, these workers working in, in refineries and industries that is affecting their health without any protection, without any uh, benefits to, to their health. Um, are part of the communities that that the same pollutant is affecting too, right? So yeah, so
0: both at work and at home,
1: both at work and at home. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so, so it is, it's a movement for social justice and social change. And I think what most people miss on is that when a group of people organize to demand the uh, betterment of their conditions, like specific conditions, it always benefits the whole, like it's for the betterment of society as a whole. Um, So this is evident in in the recent racial uprising, um, uh, like followed by the killing of George Floyd, Mm -hmm. and that it wasn't just the city of Monopolis that that was, uh, you know, that erupted, that exploded, that called injustice. Um, mm-hmm. It sparked an international outcry by people mm-hmm. from all types of race and color saying, like, this is an injustice that we do not want to be part of. It's not Injust. just a black people issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's a little bit of a tangent, but I wanted to kind of paint a picture of how labor movements is not like an isolation um, uh of like all, all these other movements that we're doing, we're all trying to uplift a better living conditions for our future generations, a better mm-hmm. um, sustainable way of living amongst amongst each other too, right? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You know, when listening to you talk about history of, of labor and, you know, it, who, who it includes and where it began, um, it's, um, I have to say, I think I need to change the way I talk about this. You know, when I do um, when I do training with employees at our company and I'm trying to teach them about workplace safety and health, I always start with a historical perspective because I think it's important to start to know where did we come from and how did we get where we are today. However, I haven't started back far enough. I haven't included far enough back. I usually start um, talking about... Um, you know, the the turn of the century and what was happening with the industrial movement and about, you know, where we didn't have worker rights, we didn't have safety and health laws, we didn't have um, labor laws, which is all true, of course. And then I talk about just as you did, you know, like the, these, these movements that were happening with um, civil rights and environmental rights and how everything kind of came together with worker rights and, you know, OSHA is born. Um, but I need to back up. I need to back up really far if I'm going to be, um, you know, painting an accurate history of, of uh, you know, workplace safety and health um, and and where it started. So thank you for that. I might have to. I might have to call you back and say, okay, Yodit. It's uh, you know, I'm going to work on you know new employee onboarding again. I you know I need I need some help framing this. Um, so thank you for that. I'm wondering. Um, you know, you, you were talking about how shining a light on these issues when it comes to, you know, as you framed up urban sustainability being, you know, three-pronged with economics and um, social social justice and environmental justice, how it impacts all persons. You know, when you're doing your work in education, you know, how, how do you go about informing people whose lives may not be impacted Buy this to pay attention, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of like one thing in particular, um, you know, learning about um, Michigan's water supply being contaminated for as long as it had been, you know, nobody knew about it, or at least I didn't know about it from my place of privilege, you know, when, when things like this are happening, you know, how, how does the work that you do, how do you reach people who, who may not know, maybe didn't know that they needed to care about it, um, how do you go about educating people so that they can um, be, um, you know, helpful?
1: Yeah. um, So we, you know, our training is uh, specific to worker health and safety, but um, through Mm -hmm. these, uh, these forces of environmental justice and, Um, You know, we're trying to develop civic engagement from our students. Um, Mm. We're inviting students to be aware of the systems that are causing, um, um, like, underlying issues of health, you know, impacts and uh, economic disparities. So Mm -hmm. these are not, like, like you're not going to learn environmental justice and, like, directly apply it in a construction field. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you are aware of the, the broader, um, you know, the narratives that are playing out there. The dominant narrative that um, that plays out in terms of you know, this is your fault. You're you're sick because you didn't do this or you didn't put this on, um,
0: mm-hmm. or
1: you know, like a maybe another example would be you know chemicals and plastics being uh, like we don't need to wrap individual oranges and plastics, right? Like we keep we're crying like this is ending up in our oceans. This is crazy. But the chemical industry, the corporate industry will like point fingers, not the plastic, that's the problem. It's the waste management, like cities are not equipped to manage waste. So Right? in narratives. fact we
0: ship in, in fact we yeah. ship our plastics to other countries yeah, right yeah, yeah
1: exactly so our way our
0: way our garbage is being shipped out of uh, yeah. out of our eyesight mm-hmm. yeah
1: yeah so it's not the product <laughs> Like we really don't need this many plastics in every little thing but but yeah. it's how you know um, it's how we it's how, it's how stories and narratives are framed that um, hmm. that makes people kind of um, develop a certain perspective in a certain way um, so shifting the narrative um, listening to languages and communications is kind of uh, like a story based strategies is what kind of kind of like what we focus on what I focus on when I put education because um, a lot of the times for example when I ask um, students "What does environmental justice mean to you uh, people don't really connect, um, um, like, you know, um, communities, like, you know, people say exactly what the old, old, old environmentalism means. And they come in hmm. with the expectation of like, well, are you talking about nature? Are you talking about yeah. like, the we want to save bear? the dolphins? Yeah, <laughs> yeah right.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So it's like, no, no, no. So when we go deeper and deeper, and we, you know, engage through education, People now all of a sudden are coming up with examples. It's like, yeah, I see. That's why I have food desert in my community because, you know, affluent mm. neighborhoods have whole foods and, and uh, groceries with healthy food and, and farmers market. We have fast foods, blocks after blocks after blocks. So mm. making that connection as an environmental injustice is kind of huge, right? Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. now you're going to be. Like, what are you going to do about it? Like, are you going to continue to be consumers of these harmful businesses? Mm-hmm. Or then you pull back and you're going to start maybe organizing within your communities. Um, um, get a community, Building businesses. community mm-hmm. lot, build businesses, co-ops, mm-hmm. or maybe getting a community lot to put uh, green vegetables in it. Like, right, to share within your community. You're mm-hmm. going to start growing in your balcony some. I don't know you know mm-hmm. so people come sure. up with their own like aha moments from uh-huh. from these trainings and it's um what we provide is you know framing and like how how systems are uh, you know how these systems are political and are intricate and are out there for the benefit mm-hmm. um and for the um hmm. you know growth of capitalism and like hmm. it's got nothing to do with people care or earth care yeah. um yes yeah, it's all profit driven so like giving that awareness that, or helping students connect the dots is what mm-hmm. kind of what what our um educational system is it's, it's actually it's called the popular education method or spiral method so we start from um, the individuals hmm. the in, uh, um the trainer, I'm sorry, the students, the trainees Mm -hmm. um, own empirical experience about the issue. And then we build on that and then um, have them connect the dots and have them come up with their own kind of like understanding of Mm -hmm. what environmental justice Mm -hmm. is. And and
0: yeah, yeah. And on the job, um, are you? Are you also helping people be aware of of hazards they may not know are hazards, particularly environmental ones and how it how it impacts their own personal health Um, with regard to maybe specific work practices or ways to protect themselves and why it's important. um, You know, and, and how that can impact their whole lives, not only on the job, but at home or what they could be bringing back home as well as that part of your education, too.
1: Yeah, not only that, not only like, you know, something as tangible as a chemical um, hazard, but individuals are um, able to connect and draw out uh, like, you know, mental health is also important, like, right, like to, mm. like, on the job stress and uh, mm-hmm. dealing with that type of uh, health aspect of our health.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so individuals are even connecting um like just above and beyond of um, workplace hazard, but like before going to work and after going to work and like Mm -hmm. how to uh, develop a a holistic and wholesome health practices to to protect themselves and their family. Like that's, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's kind of...
0: The whole human.
1: It's a whole, yeah, it's a mm -hmm. whole human experience. Uh,
0: Yeah, a whole human approach to 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 staying self uh, safe on the job, but also but also at home, so that you can come back the next day and have a have a career and have a life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. What a what an interesting career, Yodit. Um, are you are you enjoying? I mean, how many years have you been at this?
1: Um, I've been at my job three years, so I've been uh, um, educating. Urban um, Environmental Justice for about two years, um, and yeah. recently through virtual training up and also providing awareness, you know, COVID nineteen awareness uh, training mm-hmm. as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, you you had talked about um, your graduate degree. Before that, I'm curious what's what's your what's your undergrad degree in.
1: Uh, my undergrad degree a long, long time ago was in English uh, from University of Washington in Seattle.
0: Uh-huh. So what a jump, right? So you went from an English degree to urban sustainability.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because um, when I first came into this country with my family, we settled in Seattle and I went to a community college. Mm-hmm. I, I really had a hard time navigating the um, like higher learning uh, in this country because of all the, like the culture uh, differences and just like not, not knowing how to write the right questions to be where I want to be like, and also being mm-hmm. young and not having like a clear vision of what my, what I want my career to be. So sure. I just ended up doing English because it was kind of felt like neutral. Cause I was thinking about going to law school. I was hmm. thinking about, you know, several different, um, um, few field, career fields, but that just didn't quite stick with me um, mm-hmm. until I discovered urban sustainability. So I've navigated like social service um, career fields, and um, uh, like you know, I had a I've been I've worked for a domestic violence intervention program. Um, mm-hmm. I worked for you know. After actually after the urban sustainability uh, program started I worked for Disney for um, to become an environmental steward for one of the um, feature film productions (laughs) really Um, yeah yeah.
0: So Disney's Disney is paying attention to environmental justice. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yes, uh, pleasantly how does, so. <laughs> yeah. So how
0: does how does that how does that work? Tell us about that. What What's well, that experience about?
1: Yeah, that was. Um, so it was a, for a feature film called uh, A Wrinkle in Time, directed mm, by Amy DuVernay.
0: Yeah, Jabroning. I've seen it. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's wonderful. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah.
1: So uh, uh, studios, actually major studios for major like this hundred million dollar plus productions have started incorporating uh, initiatives um, to be because it's one of the really wasteful industries, right? So um, there's a, a lot going on in production. Um, and then once production starts, you have 200, 300 crew members just mm-hmm. daily um uh, 16 hour a day work um so they eat uh, like there's a food a, a catering crew is part of the, the the film production and because mm-hmm. you have to feed people there they're not gonna go out to find lunch somewhere else right so mm-hmm. where does all of that go so they brought in um they started incorporating sustainable practices um and i was very pleased to to discover that because the film industry is one of the oldest industries, um, to now, you know, have developed awareness and the need, like recognizing the need to be, um, to manage waste and to be conservative of energy use, um, Hmm. is very important and it just shows you that, you know, um, environmental awareness, environmental justice could be incorporated in. all kinds of industries and it's part of our lives right so mm-hmm. um, yeah we've donated food leftover over unserved food to um, shelters and churches and other programs daily so that it doesn't end up in landfill. Mm-hmm. Um, we um, try to promote um, you know composting although because we hop on from different location to location it's not always a practical or ideal but we've tried um, so many different initiatives we introduced recycling projects and energy conservatives and kind of um, yeah we, we were able also to donate a lot of uh, materials from set to schools that you know art schools mm-hmm. and children programs that um, that can use it because
0: mm-hmm. normally
1: it would just end up in landfills
0: yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. Fascinating work. And what a nice thing to hear about um, about the film industry. I know one of one of the guests that I've had on the podcast early on for anyone who's listening, um, if you remember, I had um, a young woman named Carolina, who's the safety and health uh, director at um, Disney Pixar Studios mm-hmm. um, located in California. And so the, you know, there's, there's hazards in all of our work environments and uh, and the, the film industry, um, of course, is is one of those as well and how nice to hear that they're, um, they're leaders in this area it sounds like, Yodit. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. So you were, you were talking about, you know, kind of how you Uh, you know, your, your early beginnings and your undergraduate degree, but it also, I'm getting, I'm getting this, it sounds like you've always had this passion for justice, um, for a long time. In in the things that you did, you mentioned some of your, um, work that you've, that you've done with, um, uh, um, for women as well. Where did that, where did that fire come from in you that, um, you know, it sounds like, it sounds like, throughout your, throughout your life, you had this, um, your, 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 your your (laughs) focus on your focus on justice and it keeps going.
1: Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I guess you're right. And I I think I would blame my father for this. Okay. (laughs) Although he really wanted me to be, um, you know, he's a very traditional father. So he really wanted me to be either a doctor or a lawyer. So I really did think about like, Mm. I'm not gonna be a a doctor, I'm not a science, you know, person at all. But I really did think about going into law school, but it wasn't Mm -hmm. there because my father was a natural storyteller, like he is Mm. so deep into historical, you know, I guess stories that that puts values like human values in in their premise um mm-hmm. so i grew up listening to him um with that so i guess he didn't think that it would impact me because he could mm-hmm. just tell me that i have to be a lawyer and i could be that but i was like wait a minute <laughs> you put all of this now so i, mm-hmm. I I'm thinking about something else. So I did, mm-hmm. I do really believe that there intersectionality exists between storytelling and, and um, justice. Mm. Yeah, because as humans, we are made up of stories, like we think in stories, we, yes, we defend ourselves in stories, we decide we, we put things up, down, whatever, you know, we, we we are native people and we love and we think, and we work with like, when we assign meaning to certain things is when Mm -hmm. we, when we can, you know, put perspectives and values to that. So I'm Mm -hmm. I'm really uh, passionate about storytelling because I really Mm -hmm. believe that it could um, bring people together. And depending on how stories are framed, it could bring people together or, or put, put people apart. So mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I'm, I choose to be on the side of storytelling, like educating by, by um, strategies of using strategies of um, yeah. framing and storytelling.
0: Mm-hmm. More kindred spirits there, man, I love telling a good story. I love hearing a good story. No wonder I host a podcast, right? It's yeah. all about hearing people's stories. <laughs> yes. This is like, yes. this is like my favorite thing. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> you, you, you
1: have a platform for um, you know, bringing thoughts of, you know, justice and, and yeah. Um, yeah, and values that our society is craving for. So mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. when you're when you're telling stories, Yodi, um, particularly around around environmental justice and your practice of urban sustainability, what's, what's a story that's um, one that you often tell assuming you probably have many that you, you know, mm-hmm. pull out like a bag of tricks almost. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, what, what's, what's a story you often find yourself telling?
1: Yeah. So I was very fortunate enough to um, have been, uh, you know, groomed and coached by great storytellers in my urban mm-hmm. sustainability program. Mm-hmm. So uh, one of my ecosystems thinking professor, Gopal Dainini, he's a great storyteller. I just could listen to him talk every day. Um, Jane, Paul, uh, Gilda, a lot of um, great, great um, teachers and educators have mm-hmm. um, used and encouraged um, this storytelling and framing, uh, narrative framing. And that's why I, I did my, you know, when I um, graduated from the program, my capstone was a... the the documentary film in, um, about immigrants, right? So yes, it was very much encouraged, and very much applicable in our program. Mm-hmm. And so, um, one of the best ways, I think, to educate people about climate change, right? Like we have these climate change deniers, for example. It's a thing mm-hmm. now, right? Like, so one mm. of the greatest stories um, that um, that you know that that gave people this like oh i see kind of movement mm-hmm. is ecosystems thinking right like so there's a an activity and exercise about a spider web um, that we, you can do with a group of students mm-hmm. and it really brings forth the essence of what justice sustainability and and like, you know, we live in this one planet and we have a network of ecosystems that we need to think about. We're not just like the masters of universe, going around, going about our economy, doing whatever we want to the environment it does not work. <laughs> We're gonna land in a very, very bad place. So mm-hmm. either, you know, know and learn, be open to these um, reality or, learn to breathe smoke is kind of like the alternative where we are right now right so mm-hmm. um yeah i don't say that to students but uh-huh. <laughs> the, the the premise mm-hmm. of um uh of the you know the ecosystems thinking in the activity with the spider web is one that i really like so you have mm-hmm. students you have a, a like a a yarn, a ball of yarn, where, you, you know, students will throw one, um, you know, to each other. Like, so you make, yeah. you create a circle of students and you create this big web. Um, and this is a, 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 an activity from an organization called Movements Generation. So I should give credit for that. So this is kind of like what mm-hmm. I use um, in my training when we have in-person training. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, the spider is a volunteer, a person who would play the spider role. So mm-hmm. um, then I'll go around cutting strings. Um, and this is deforestation. This is us pulling uh, mountains top off to do mining and, and you know, different activities that our hmm. extractive economy is involved in. And mm-hmm. so the spider person as life itself, right? So it's going around tying those breakages, those, those threads that I'm breaking. But then mm-hmm. I'll go faster, I'll go faster and faster and faster. Because, because that's what we're doing. We're doing we're operating this extractive economy at a scale that we as humans cannot keep up anymore, right? We cannot fix it. The nature doesn't have time to regenerate anymore, because mm-hmm. we're, we're doing it at a much bigger scale. And we're also doing it faster. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of like the scenarios, like so now when I'm going faster, the spider or the person who's playing the role of spider cannot keep up anymore and like the treads are falling down. So Hmm. like that's a that's, you know, yeah, so that's a visual Mm -hmm. and story like narrative Mm -hmm. framing of how how we need to think about um, environment and our our sustainability.
0: Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. I remember I I did something like that with a group of third graders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this sounds crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I I was a volunteer with an organization called Junior Achievement for many yeah. years, which um, teaches teaches kids. Um, yeah. Yeah, a, 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 you know, living in community with one another and our economy. And I remember doing an exercise like that, but it was built around, you know, like being part of a community, part of a city, mm-hmm. and uh, um, and yeah, it really it it really does make a great visual on how we are so interconnected or not, like you said, when you're cutting the threads, yeah, and where it's all falling down, yeah, uh, yeah.
1: So it's adaptable yeah. to different scenarios, uh, yeah, to different, to right. different meanings. Um, in different places. Yeah, incidentally, a lot of us who studied urban sustainability believe that it should be incorporated in in curriculums from, you know, K to 12, right? Mm -hmm. So that, you know, our future uh, would not have to grapple with this, is it real? Is it fake? Is it, you know, (laughs) so
0: yeah,
1: yeah. because we we have the science will um, be embedded in, in our
0: education. Right, right. Oh, so interesting, Yodit. This has been this has been quite an education education for me and likely our listeners as well to hear such an interesting take on on um, on workplace safety and health and you know this this arm that we don't often talk about. We talk about environment, right? Like we're EH and S professionals, but what does that really mean? Mm-hmm. And um, where does it intersect with, with justice? Um, I really appreciate the work that you're doing. And thank you thank for you. the stories and sharing this with our audience today. Thank you I, was, yeah, so, Yodin, I was, yeah. So yodid, I was, I'm not only am I a, a story junkie, but I also love to listen to great speeches. Mm-hmm. And, and I was um, just this morning, I was thinking about you because I was, I was listening to um, this particular um, speech that was given in 1976. Now you were talking earlier about this um, PCB uh, midnight dumping in the 1970s, this is all before you were born. Um, but I was listening to this, to this speech today given by the United States representative from Texas back then, um, Barbara Jordan. And she said in her speech, and I'm going to quote her, because this is where I was thinking about you. Um, It says, many fear the future, she said. Many are distrustful of their leaders and believe that their voices are never heard. Many seek only to satisfy their private work, wants to satisfy their private interests. But this is a great danger America faces, that we will cease to be one nation and become instead a collection of interest groups, city against suburb region against region individual against individual each seeking to satisfy private wants if that happens who then will speak for america who then will speak for the common good this question which must be answered and that's the end of her quote and what i was thinking when i heard that was the common good and Yodit, that's your life's work right now you are working for the common good, um, as you as you framed up so beautifully how this how this impacts all of us. So you're answering um, Barbara Jordan's call from way back in 1976, and so many others. Oh, thank you um, so much. Thank you so
1: much for sharing uh, that speech. It's beautiful. Yeah,
0: oh, yeah, I
1: think we all have to find our sphere of influence and we're not power powerless right we all That's right. need to to find out where we are um, most impactful and kind of really use that to bring justice to people to the world
0: yeah yeah Deep. Before, before I let you go and before we say goodbye to um, our, our guests today, if people want to find your documentary, Immigrant, is it something that they can find on YouTube?
1: No, it's not on YouTube, uh, unfortunately, but it will be soon. Um, okay. And then um, I will share it through my social media, um, media
0: when, I, when I do so. Very good. Very good. All right. We'll be watching for that. Thank you so much. And thank you for all of you for spending your time listening today. And more importantly, thank you for your contribution toward the common good, making sure your workers, including your temporary workers, make it home safe every day. If you'd like to join the conversation about this episode or any of our previous episodes, you can follow our page and join the Accidental Safety Pro Community Group on Facebook. If you're not subscribed and want to hear past and future episodes, you can subscribe in iTunes, the Apple podcast app, or any other podcast player that you'd like. You can also find all of our episodes complete with transcripts at vividlearningsystems.com podcast. We'd also love it if you could leave a rating and review us on iTunes. It really helps us connect the show with more and more safety and health professionals like you. Special thanks to Will Moss, our podcast producer. And until next time,